Hello and welcome. I'm Alexander. And I'm Simon. We are still knee deep in tech. This is episode 44, recorded on the 15th of June 2018. How are you today? How am I today? I'm very good, thank you. How are you today? Next question, please. There we go. Well, this is the... Um, <laughs> I was about to call it the recap special. <laughs> the, re the recap special. I think okay. that's the name, by the yeah. way. Um, we... Um, you're going to have a slight parental leave, yep. like nine weeks. Yeah, which in Swedish measurements is a not, weekend. Yeah, not that much. No. Um, I think the uh, all of our American listeners are probably screaming their lungs out right now. Yeah, if they aren't working for Microsoft. True, Microsoft has a very, very uh, nice uh, opportunities for, for parents. Yeah, but I'll not be... Uh, offline entirely not for our community friends i'll be doing blogs and so on during the entire summer is, is the goal at least sure so will i yeah but we are not going to record any more podcasts for a few weeks what we are aware of at least that we're aware of true maybe if i bring this uh, to um yeah i'll probably bring this to to ling and, and see yeah. if someone can you be need to persuaded. interview a bratwurst i need to interview a bratwurst Okay, moving on. Yeah. Uh, so the the plan for this episode is basically to recap what we've what's happened the last couple of months, mm. and also what's in store for after the summer. True. And we will of course look at what's new in Windows. There's nothing new in Intune. No. There, there is nothing new in Intune. That is amazing. It's eleven days since they released the last update. So I know. Yeah. But there are good things coming. But let's start with that. Yeah, Windows, they released a new build yesterday, actually. Okay. With the, mo the most vital uh, improvement is that we now get SwiftKey intelligence to Windows. SwiftKey intelligence to Windows. What does that mean? That's the, the intelligence that were, was introduced with the touch keyboard on Windows Phone, which oh, the, still the... holds the record for the fastest typing keyboard for a mobile device. Oh, the the Swift keyboard. The, the Swift keyboard. Huh. That's now coming to Windows on larger devices. Cool. So that's great. Uh, you will be able to write in English and to ensure that everyone understands, English, both United States English and English English. And English English. English, English. English. Okay. French, German, Italian, Spanish, Portuguese or Russian. Cool. Uh, so that's wonderful that's kind of interesting i mean swift uh, supports a lot more languages than those yeah i wonder what the difference is from this swift implementation yeah. on the the mobile phones would be interesting to know actually i would guess that the code base is fairly similar yeah should be okay cool uh, they also in the, in the blog post they released yesterday they they <laughs> they jumped the gun oops <laughs> uh uh, control whether media can play automatically in Edge, which they now have crossed out and edited. Whoops, we got a little too excited about this. This change is act actually coming in a new build in the next few weeks. Oh, oops. Yeah. Uh, also, some gaming improvements. So better audio controls and performance visualizations for gaming. Okay. Uh and you will be able to find software faster in the search experience. 
So that's one of the things I Google all the time. Download something if it isn't in the store. You will now be taken quicker to a download page for, in this case, GitHub. Oh, nice. So that's good. And they're also doing some mixed reality improvements when it comes to audio, especially. Right. Uh, so the, uh, they'll probably uh, turn down the pace a bit during the summer for the new builds. Right. But I'm looking forward to what they have in mind for the next upcoming release in October for yep. Windows. Sounds very interesting. Uh, for my uh, things, there was a Power BI June update. Yep. And of course, it, it includes a ton of good updates. But two things stood out for me personally, and one of them is the organization chart visualization. Okay. I can now visualize an organization chart that was kind of a difficult thing to do earlier. And this is something that has been requested over and over again. I've actually been asked several times, how do I create an organization chart? And my normal answer is, can we talk about something else? <laughs> but in this case, it is there. So I'm very much looking forward to uh, toying with that. That uh, would be interesting in combination with the workplace analytics to visualize. It would. It would indeed. If you're able to fetch that data, which you should be able to. You probably would. That's something to... Yep, we're going to look yep. into that. That would be extremely interesting to see over time how employee satisfaction varies with managers and mm -hmm. managers, managers and so on. Mm -hmm. If anyone uh, now got an idea, please do what you can with it. Sure. And uh, get back to us when you have tried it. Definitely. And there is some improved locale formatting because not everybody lives in the United States, it what? turns out. So there are slight or, well, technically slight changes, but it impacts uh, different locales in, in a big way. Yep. So that's something we've been looking forward to for quite some time as well. And of course, there are other things, but those were the, the most important things from my perspective. Yep. And... Moving on, we have been doing stuff this year. We have. I just created a quick uh, report showing what I've been doing. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Yep, thirteen speaking engagements in 11 countries this far this far and, this and, year and you have lingen and manchester coming up i do lingen manchester and we have cologne yeah later this year we, we're later this year yep. yep and that's just what i know yeah so so let's start by what we have done and what's happened yep um we started out in oslo <laughs> we started out in oslo we did uh, with the Nordic Infrastructure Conference. Yep. Great, uh, great conference. Great Looking conference. Looking forward to them opening up uh, the call for content again. Mm. Definitely try to get back there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, really enjoyed it. Met a lot of fun people. We uh, did. Had a great time. Uh, we liked the format of that conference with the food and uh, so on. I like the venue. Yeah. 
it is super cool to get to present in such a huge venue. Yeah. And I, I personally like the elevation of the seating. So, yeah, that, that, that was good. Yep. Uh, and then we have had a number of different opportunities, both of us. Mm. Uh, I've been doing a couple of webinars. Uh, I'll, I went to Copenhagen mm -hmm. this Wednesday. I haven't been traveling as much as you have. No, you've been holding the fort back home, but you've been doing a lot more webinars and stuff than I have. Yeah. And you have managed to, to find your way around the user groups in a better way than I have. Yeah. After the summer, I have a number of opportunities and uh, assignments to do, um, especially in the UK. Yep. But we'll we'll get back to that later on. From a technology point of view, we have had a new Windows release. Yes. Which they just released a blog post on for how they are rolling it out, of course, using AI. Mm. But 18.03 is the fastest upgrade so far. So they now have reached over 250 million active devices with 1803. Uh, with lesser and lesser support calls, even though some journalists are stating the opposite. Really? Yep. That they are receiving more complaints now than they uh, used previously. Okay, that's that's an interesting discrepancy. Yep. <laughs> they also... They added a fun fact, which I really enjoyed. Uh, one US-based PC updated from the Fall Creators update to the April 28th update in just over three minutes. Wow. That's uh, impressive. I don't know how they achieved that. Uh, no, I actually reinstalled my computer at home yesterday with 1803. Yep. That was a breeze. Unfortunately, that specific machine is haunted <laughs> and it is actually going to describe an arc through my window. <laughs> Maybe I'll open the window first, but that machine is its going away. It needs to be taken out back and shot. It has not worked properly ever. I am done with blue screens. Yep. Done. It will die. Yep. You're right. Um, for my side of the fence, Power BI has taken strides. There have been so many upgrades and updates. Uh, every month there are new things that pops up. Important things. It is the fastest growing visualization and, and analysis tool in the market or on, on the market at, at this moment. It is, in my view, the most interesting. No, it is not as sexy as Tableau. It is not <laughs> as expensive as ClickView. <laughs> but in my view, it is the most interesting, most completely connected and, and completely integrated visualization tool there is. So I'm very much looking forward to see what the guys and girls make of it as yep. we go forward. SQL Server, not, not, not so much has happened. We've had a few um, cumulative updates and a few um, service packs, but we are looking at a very mature product yep. with very interesting features, and we can't wait for VNext. Nope. VNext is going to blow the socks off everything. And considering that 2017 is by far the coolest thing ever, 
V-next is, is just going to be even more cool. So do we believe it will be called 2018 or yeah. 19? I think it's going to be called 2018. Yep. I think we're going to see it in the fall. Yep. And I think we're going to see a yearly release cadence or maybe if they go to just SQL Server 10 yeah. or whatever they want to call it and keep updating it. Yeah, th there's way. really no reason for them to release cumulative updates, service packs and yearly releases. No. Rather, they should be going into the same cadence as everything else and releasing two releases every year. And I'm pretty sure and, we're going to get there. Yeah, and, and with cumulative updates, of course. Yep, yep, yep. Those um, those mirror the, the updates of, of Azure. Yeah. And speaking of Azure, we also have the uh, public preview of the managed instance. Yep. It is still a bit of a um, difficulty to get hold of. I have still not gotten Microsoft to approve my um, me, me asking them to to try this out. Yep. I think it has been stuck somewhere, but that's another story. But the uh, managed instance fills a very neat hole that many people didn't even know existed. Yep. Um, very exciting feature and a very good stepping stone for getting from your on-prem environment straight up into Azure SQL Server when you might not be able to move the whole thing up to Azure SQL Server. Yep. Great. Yep. And I've been to Seattle. You have been to Seattle. Amazing. I, I really want to go back. Um, yeah, you, you keep pestering me about that every time we talk about it. Could have been dependent on the weather as well. Because we, we had 20 degrees for every day in Seattle. In when March. were you there? March. March, 20 degrees. 20 degrees in centigrade. In Seattle. In Seattle. And no rain. Are you sure you went to Seattle? Said so on the street signs. Oh, there you go. I think it's fake news. <sighs> yeah, I, of course. No, we, we're not going into that. No, no, we're we're leaving that discussion. Mm. Um, should we just quickly discuss the discussion we had before recording this podcast? Which one? The uh, backup. Yep. Sure. Just we, to get some new content. <laughs> we um. We had a discussion with a colleague he, who is, he's been doing on-prem data, uh, data center stuff and especially backup since ages immemorial. Before I was born, probably. In your case, yes. Yeah. Um, he's, he's been at this even longer than I have. So I think he's coming up on 30-ish years. He raised a very good point, And that point is that there is no such thing as a proper backup in Azure, basically. Uh, yeah, we we will we'll dig deeper into this shortly. There, sure. yeah. Uh, so go on. And we started out with Office three sixty five. There is no backup of data or of OneDrive stuff or SharePoint stuff or Exchange stuff built in. And could you define backup? Ah, I'm very happy you asked the question. How do you define a backup? Well, um, if you change the word to archiving. There is no way to get stuff back that is older than 90 days, yep. basically. Yeah, that has been deleted. That has been deleted, true. If it hasn't deleted, it's probably going to be there. Yeah. Uh, and that that's something that our data center colleagues raised to our attention that in many discussions where we are talking about Office 365 especially, the question of backup 
never gets taken to the table. No. It's something that many organizations assume they get by design when it's a cloud service. And that's not entirely true. You get high high availability and you have the ability to get stuff out from your um, recycle bin, basically. And that's the key, the recycle bin. Yeah. Because that is a new way of looking at things. And you, you, um, you put it very nicely before we started recording that the recycle bin is something that you don't have on-prem. And thus, you need to view the whole cloud thing in, in another light. Yeah. And the discussion were ab- around informing our customers yes. about this. Uh, showing the possibilities they have and the abilities they could get for backup for Office 365 especially. And then it's up to the customer to decide if they need it or not. But there are definitely cases where almost every single customer would need it. Yep. We have our municipalities. We have our um, hospitals, stuff like that. They need to archive data for a specific amount of time. Yep. That includes data that has been deleted. Yeah. Kind of, sort of. Because you need to be able to go back to a specific user's um, inbox and see what what did this look like in March 2018, whatever. And you can't do that with the just built-in stuff in Azure. And you need to be cognizant of the fact that things work differently on-prem than they do in the cloud. Exactly. And... As long as you know this, you can take the steps required to do something about it. And that is not necessarily doing it the same way as you've been doing it for every on-prem. And there are tools such as Commvault or Veeam or whatever available in Azure to give you these kinds of, of solutions and tools. Yeah, exactly. And we also had a discussion around infrastructure as a service machines, which still are surrounded by common beliefs that you don't need to patch a VM in Azure. True. That Top it's tip, your VM in Azure, it is your VM in exactly. Azure. It is your ass on the line, patch the darn thing. Exactly. And if you don't want to patch it, move it to pass. Move it to pass, true, true, or or give it to us. Yeah, exactly. We, uh, and also that the VMs in Azure aren't geo-redundant or even data center redundant by design. You need no, by sh- default. By default, sorry. Yes. Uh, True. Yeah, by default. <laughs> no, and that's a very good point. Yeah. Just as I- if you put something in the cloud, you kind of expect that it's going to be dispersed all over the world. Yeah. Not true. It's only hardware redundant in one data center. Yes. So if you need it truly redundant, you need to set up disaster recovery or backup replication de- dependent on your uh, RTO and RPO. And those are two very, very important abbreviations too. RTO, recovery time objective, and RPO, recovery point objective. They are in no way obsolete just as as quickly as you go to the cloud. They are very much equally important as on-prem, but they kind of change a bit depending on what you can do and what you can expect. Yeah. And especially if, if, because now we are talking about really backing up Azure to itself. So backup, Backup an Azure VM to Azure in many cases. Yes. But the RTO, and especially the RTO, mm. when you backup 
either from your local data center to Azure or Azure to your local data center, you could have a significant dependency on the, the latency and the throughput and the network connection to and from the cloud. True. So that's something you need to consider as well. The number of variables go up. Yeah, and also the the charge for downloading Egress data. Egress charges. Yeah. Yes, they're going to bite you. Yeah. Very, very much so. And the um, the RTOs, are, when you have on-prem backup stuff, are generally pretty pretty fixed. Yeah. Say, for instance, you have a four-hour RTO. Yeah. That requires you to have control of all the things you just said. Latency availability uh, bandwidth whatever so basically if you are to guarantee anything yep. what does that spell express route yeah that is also something that needs to be taken into consideration yeah and that's something we need to discuss in, in later episodes alternatives to express route oh, okay uh because I've, I've looked a bit at citrix sdvan Oh. That could be an alternative. Oh, interesting. So that, that would be an interesting discussion to yep. have. Uh, but if, if you that are listening have any input on your thoughts on backup of Office 365 especially, please let us know. Sure. Uh, it, it would be interesting to hear how others are thinking about it. Is yep. it something you have? Is it something you need? Did you know that you perhaps needed it? And let's let's keep talking about backups because there is also backups for the uh, the Azure SQL Server or the. It, it's pretty easy if you run SQL Server on a VM, you're responsible for the VM and the DBA is responsible for taking adequate backups. Yep. That's that's easy, but if you're running the uh, POS service, do you need to take backups? In my opinion, yes, you do. Yep. For the same reason as everything else. Can you use the Azure automatic backup? Yes, you can. But be very careful with the limitations of that specific tool. You can always take your own backups and put them on a blob storage. That might be a viable alternative. It might be a good um, extra solution or whatever. Just be very, very aware of how things work. Yep. And let's put it this way. Backups are easy. When it's time for uh, restore, things change. Yeah. So everything is, is basically revolving around what is your RPO? What is your RTO? How are you going to go about getting your stuff back? Yeah. And un understanding the difference between high availability and backup. Yes. And why you need perhaps both. And why you definitely need both and, and yeah and redundancy and you, you need to look at the the demands you have yep. to and how do you define redundancy is yeah. it okay if it is redundant within the data center or do yeah. you need to go outside the data center or do you need to go outside the continent exactly so it's it it becomes very very exciting very very quickly yeah. and one of the words that i will never ever want to combine with backups is exciting <laughs> it is supposed we, we, to be boring as heck yeah and and we really need to i just received on on that topic i received a text or an mms from an mms yeah wow from from a colleague that's studying for the uh, windows devices and enterprise apps mcse okay 
And chapter two starts with the module implement a light touch deployment. The first sentence of that module is when you automate your first operating system deployment, it can be rather exciting. You know, I th- I still think that sentence needs to be read with a very British accent yeah. to really drive the thing home. I- I'm not able to do that now with my cold. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's start looking back and go up instead. Okay, what does that mean? What's ahead of us? What is ahead of us? Oh my. First, you you have you're traveling next week. I'm traveling next week to the week. country of uh, SQL Service bratwurst and beer. Yes. Sounds exciting. It is. I'm 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 super stoked. It is going to be so cool. Yep. I've heard so much about SQL Grillen. Uh William Durkin is a great guy and and yeah, apparently everyone wants to be part of the SQL Grillen. Yep. I took a look at the schedule. <laughs> Yeah, here's the deal. I have the first slot after lunch. Yep. I have the slot at the same time as Grant Fritchie. The only good thing with having the same slot as Grant Fritchie is that I will not have Grant Fritchie in my <laughs> session. Do you know what Grant's Twitter handle is? No. The Scary DBA. Ah, I've seen that. Mm. <laughs> And the man is scary. He is super nice, exceptionally skilled at what he does. Yep. And I would, I, I might not be be able not to, to to shake out of my shoes if he was in the in, <laughs> in the room. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if if I get any attendees at all, or if they are spread out through the other three or four tracks. Yeah. And you are talking about. Azure SQL for the on-prem DBA. Azure SQL Server for the on-prem DBA. Yes, this is a, a bit of a tweak on the very first session that I ever did. Yep. Uh, the Force Awakens, Azure SQL Server for the uh, for the on-prem DBA. It's been developed several times. Yep. And it's it's going to be fun to see if my tweaks and changes have have been successful. Are you delivering the same one in Manchester? In Manchester, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm. Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> and and for you that are listening, Alexander actually have. Am I allowed to tell you what it's? Uh, tell them what it's based on. Shoot. He has an access database. Yes, access. With a Power BI dashboard connected to it, just to keep track on what he he's been doing and what he's supposed to be doing. Yes, because yeah, it's hard to be famous. I know. Yeah. Uh, so Manchester is that a SQL Saturday as well? Manchester is the SQL Saturday seven hundred and thirty. Yep. yep. So that's true. And after that, we are looking at Cologne in October. That's the next thing for me that I know that you know about yeah, yeah. I'll I'll uh, be doing the insider dev tour next week oh nice speaking on um, office 365 apps integrated in teams especially that is super exciting yep so bots and apps rumor has it that you've created an app I did I did I created a tab you created a tab yeah my god God, and it's not a tab for what I'm supposed to pay at a bar. It's a real tab in Teams. Okay, so it will be super exciting. Looking forward to meeting a lot of people next week in Stockholm. Mm. Uh, yep, yeah. 
And I'm also preparing for the pre-conf at Tech Days in October. Yes, because we're both going to do stuff at, at Tech Days. Yep. We, we're both going to do sessions and you're going to do a pre-conf. Yeah. So my pre-conf will be on the hybrid workplace. We are talking about hybrid data centers all the time. But we are also looking now at hybrid work, a hybrid modern workplace. A hybrid modern workplace. Yep. The sheer number of hype words in that sentence. Exactly. Powered by AI, implemented by DevOps. Visualized by Power BI? Exactly. Oh, yeah. Score. In mixed reality. Oh, dear. Uh, I can't promise all that in my course, but I'll, I'll uh, talk about how you can... If, because many organizations need to keep stuff on-prem. Mm. And even some of their clients... Because of <laughs> so the organizations need to keep their clients on prem. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Uh, but users will be still be expecting things to work as it's supposed to work. So local file server access, local application access, printing, even if you are modern managed. Right. So that's what it's uh, what it's all about. Oh, nice. Um, looking forward to it. So I'll start preparing that. Uh, I'll be talking about how to use Windows Analytics in the session later on at Tech Days. Uh -huh. And you will be talking, you will have the same session again with... Uh, Azure Safe Server for the on-premises DBA, yes. Yeah. And, and Tech Days, is, they are really pushing the data platform track this year. Really? Which I, well, yeah, which I find very interesting. Okay. And again, you get all the buzzwords. Cosmos DB, AI, machine learning, Power BI... Data uh, visualization. Yeah. You're a, like Michael Gillette would probably be creating a bingo badge just for you. Most likely, yes. Yeah. Uh, and the same week, we are going to Cologne. Yes, we, we are. It's going to be um, exciting. Yeah. Because we're doing two sessions each. At the MCT Summit. At the MCT Summit, which is going to be huge. Yep. Five days, a gazillion tracks, uh, about two million speakers, <laughs> and I think they're looking at between six and seven million attendees. <laughs> and all of this is going to take place in Fantasialand in, in Cologne. That is a, a um, amusement park. Maybe we should do our sessions in the roller coaster. <laughs> you know I can't handle those things. I know, right? I, I, It'd be fun. I, I'm more about the picnic areas. So what are you going to talk about in Germany? Uh, delivery optimi optimizing content delivery using delivery optimization. I believe the session title is. So how you can optimize delivery uh, of content for with Intune and Config Manager with uh, third-party tools, delivery optimization, peer cache, uh, and so on. Cool. And I can't remember the second session. Uh, this is why I have an access <laughs> yeah. database for this. I know. Uh-huh. Uh, I honestly can't remember. Okay. Sorry about that. But I remember. Yep. I'm going to do Secret Server Hates You again because <laughs> it is so much fun. It, it, it's, it's actually a very fun session. So it is. If, if, you are, if you're going to MCT Summits, which, which you all should be. Take uh, a look at it. Yeah. Absolutely. And I am going to do Talk Tech to Me, Improving Your Technical Presentation Skills. And maybe if we find the time, we're going to do it together. Uh, you can make fun of me, at least. 
Well, the thing is, the thing is, just a few days ago, Brent Osar and Eric Darling did a session together that is going to go in the annals of history. It was, I, th I think it was based on an idea of, of Eric. One of the guys were talking, one of the guys were doing. And Brent was just sprouting all this nonsense because this is what we've all, we've always been told. You should always have 80% fill factor. And Eric goes, yes, no, that is just completely wrong. And kept correcting him all the time. And that was the basis for their, their session. It was fast-paced. It was very much fun. And we might actually be able to do kind of the same thing yep. with the um, technical presentation skills. Exactly. So we will see what, what, what that turns out to be. Yep. Uh, so this, the first session, the, the correct name for it is Optimized Delivery Optimization and Distribute Content as Never Before. We need to talk about your abstracts. I know. Names. We, mm. we really do. Yep. Uh, and then I'll be, yeah, I'll be delivering the, uh, who could have guessed, automating Windows servicing using Microsoft solutions and community tools. Right. You've done that one before. Yeah. That, that's the one I did in Copenhagen. And, uh, and it was very appreciated. Yeah. People were very happy in Copenhagen. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and it, it was a lot of fun. It's, it's a lot of fun to combine both process, culture, and technology into one session because that's really what it's all about. I was just about to say that. That's the uh, very that's that's the reality. Yeah. And on top of this, we are going to ignite. We are. How uh, cool is that? That's just great. So yep. we will definitely do at least one session from there. Yes, and we are going to find people to talk to. Yeah. Um, so if if you don't want to be talked to, run. Uh, Glasgow, that's definitely... Um, it's happening in it's August. Happening. Uh, I'm probably going to London as well. Mm. Uh, Manchester, we are going to probably a couple of other UK towns. I'm I... going to Dublin. Really? Perhaps, yeah. Cool. I have around 10 or 12 abstracts that have not been accepted or rejected yet. So they're, they're, if everything clicks into place, my autumn is going to be a mess and my wife will divorce me. But <laughs> the community is an important thing. Yeah, sure is. Sure is. Other than that, um, it's been great fun. It has indeed. Uh, it has indeed. We are and getting into our new roles pretty yeah. well. We are doing what we like to do. Yeah, I've I've not had this much fun at Atea for years and years. Yep. We're really making a difference. We're really shaking up the trees all around our region, and we're getting very good responses. People yep. are excited. People are happy to see us do the work, and we are definitely starting to make traction when it comes to the Azure uh, business yep. at Atea. And making a difference for both our colleagues and customers. Yep. And I am very much looking forward to taking a vacation. Yep. And this this year is probably the first time that I'm going to... Actually to be on vacation. Actually be on vacation. True. I'm going to pretty much shut down everything related to Atea. I will be keeping an eye on Twitter. I'll do my blog. But otherwise, I'll try to tune out as much as I 
possibly can. Yep. It's been a rough first half. I have been doing a thousand things, yep. but I just the other day completed the final pieces of my upcoming Pluralsight course. Congratulations. Thank you. That was much, much harder than I ever expected. It was great fun. Yep. But holy crap, if I had known how much time that I was going to put into it, and yes, I'm a bit of a perfectionist, I might not have decided on doing it. Yep. But it, I think it was worth it in the end. And, well, it, it's going to be interesting to see if people actually yep. view it. But it's done. It's up there. I think it's going to be released within a week or two. Yep. Wonderful. Yep. So thank you for H1 2018. And see you after the summer. See you after the summer. And we can guarantee you we are not going to bore you after the summer. Exactly. So stay knee-deep in tech. Stay have a great summer. Tech. Have a great summer. Take care. Bye. Bye.